If you're not receiving my weekly email, you are missing out. Every single week, I sit down and I write a value-packed, thoughtful letter to you. Head to stacyennis.com slash join, and when you join, I will also send you access to a hidden and amazing resources page. Plus, you'll get emails from me every single week providing links to valuable resources like my podcast or blogs that have come out or new guides or other resources I create. You don't want to miss out. Head to stacyennis.com slash join and I'll see you in your inbox. Welcome to Beyond Better, a podcast that explores a simple but profound idea. We all deserve to live lives we love, and that includes our work lives too. I'm Stacy Ennis, an author and longtime location-independent entrepreneur living in Portugal with my family of four. Join me as I talk business, location independence, writing, travel, and so much more all focused on building a life that is beyond better. Hey, everybody. It has been a long time since I have done a solo episode, but today is Independence Day. It's the 4th of July. I know you're not listening to this on the 4th of July, but for me, it's the 4th of July as I'm recording this. I haven't even had my full first cup of coffee (laughs) But I was thinking about something and I wanted to share it with you. I want to talk about getting help to grow your dreams. So I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I thought I would give you just a quick update on life before I dive in. If you're on my email list, if you follow me on social, you know that we have had a really rough 2022 Uh, started with the kids getting COVID early in the year. And then we planned our first family vacation in, you know, really since COVID started. While we were on vacation, our daughter became extremely ill and ended up being hospitalized for a week uh, in Porto, which is not where we live. So it was far away. Uh, And then not too long after that, all of us got COVID. So it's kind of been several months, even even though it's all, all the way to July right now. It has been really several months of sickness of just different things. But today we are starting to feel the rhythm of life getting back and starting to, yeah, just have that sense of peace and presence and excitement for the day ahead. It was pretty rough going there for a while. So I'm really, really glad that we're out of that period. Even while all of this stuff was happening personally, my business has been growing. I've added new team members. We've gone through a program launch. I've run nonfiction book school. Actually, again, as I record this on the 4th, tomorrow is the last day with my amazing future authors. I'm so excited. On the last day, we do an author reading, so I get to hear their work. Cannot wait. So the other thing I'll say is, as the business has been growing, and this connects to today's topic, I have been able to take some space for most of my business and definitely during the early time of COVID, I was it. I was the person who did all the things and if something didn't get done, it fell to me. And that can be a heavy 
burden to bear as a business owner because it's not just the client work, but it's the content creation, which I love, love to create content. But when you have something crazy going on, like, you know, a child in the hospital or even a really busy work schedule, it becomes difficult to take care of all of the pieces or, you know, invoicing or, you know, all of the things. And so for a long time in my business, I would say maybe the first 10 years or so, nine to 10 years, I was it. I was doing my bookkeeping, which I do not recommend. That was a bad decision. I was, you know, taking care of all of the content elements. So not only would I write a blog post, but I would proofread it. I would find the image. I would schedule it. I would write the email. I would proof the email to my, like every single element. And so if anything came up in life, things just either didn't get done or I had to work extra or, you know, work around whatever life stuff was happening. And that was really difficult. This year, I've been in business for 13 years, and so really the past three, maybe four years, I have been able to transition to a different way of working, and this has really allowed me to show up in my life. It has allowed me even today, so I mentioned as I record this, it's Independence Day, y'all, for the first time, probably since I started my business, I'm trying to think, but at least I would say for the majority of my business, I'm actually going to take the afternoon off today. (laughs) So, you know, normally I don't take any American holidays off. Um, I will sometimes take holidays in the country that we're living in, but not always. It's pretty rare for me to actually take a weekday holiday. And part of the reason for that is that then I still have the work to do. It's usually on my mind over the weekend, or I have to work extra the following week or even that week. And so I often just don't take them. But today I'm going to work until about 1230. And then I'm going to go to the beach. I, you know, if you haven't been a business owner who has borne the burden of all of the things, you probably are like, okay, cool. You're taking half of the 4th of July. But if you are a business owner who bears all the things, you probably understand how much it means to even take a half day on a holiday. And I'll add that, you know, in April when my daughter was really ill, I took three full weeks away, really didn't check my email, didn't do anything because we actually had a two week planned holiday. A week of that was in the hospital and then she needed me for another week and we, we ended up staying longer. And I was able to do that because of my team and because of the support that we have now. So today, I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about some of the things that I wish that I'd done earlier uh, as I was growing my business early on in my business, and also some of the decisions that I made that I'm really happy about that might help you if you're earlier stage in your business. Now, I want to acknowledge that when I started my business, I was 24. think. I think that's right. Somewhere around there. And I was broke, right? Like I didn't have, you know, any kind of real, um, I mean, I had some savings, but it's different. If you're older and starting a business, you probably have some savings or you probably have a network that you can launch to when you're starting your business. For me, I had nothing. I was transitioning from a teacher 
into a business owner. I built my business as a side hustle for two years while I was teaching. And then once my rhythm of work picked up, I was able to step away from teaching to fully build my business. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One is, again, if you're older, you're in your 30s like me or 40s or 50s or older, and you're transitioning from a corporate job, or I'll say also if you're in your 20s transitioning from a corporate job, I was transitioning from teaching. So that's very different than transitioning from a corporate job or, you know, a job with a a solid salary. You are in probably a better place than I was when I started my business. And so it took me a lot longer to get the help that I needed to grow my business. Um, But I'm hopeful that some of the tips that I'll share, the, the reflections I should say from then and also from today will be really helpful for you as you think about how can you get help to grow your business. I wanna also talk about the mindset that this required. So I'm American and I was raised to be an American. (laughs) If you're American, you know that we value work, right? We value working hard. We don't value uh, replenishing oneself and self-care. I mean, that's kind of a radical concept for a lot of us Americans. And really at the core values of the United States culture, I would say, are two things, depletion and autonomy. And those two things are pervasive. So for those of us that grew up, you know, not only am I American, but I was raised Christian and grew up in a Christian school system. And so we not only did we have that those kind of American values, but those were further, um, I would say, uh, taught to me in my school system. And so for me, I, I grew up with this sense of, um, like, if I'm sitting on the couch, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> I should be moving. I should be doing something at all times. And even today, I struggle with resting, with just like sitting. And I've done a lot of work on that in the past few years to learn how to embrace rest. Um, And interestingly, (laughs) this will probably make sense given my background, I rest through movement. So for me, I exercise, I do workouts, I walk, that is my rest. And even that took me some time to really embrace. Because again, that mentality of depletion, of autonomy, of hustle at all costs, that is what I grew up in. And and I'm not saying within my family structure, but really within my larger cultural structure, that those were things that I was taught to value. And also, as an American, I was raised with that, like, pull yourself up by your bootstrap. And that idea is really like the subtext of that is without help. So we're supposed to kill ourselves working constantly, and we're supposed to do it without asking anybody for help. And really, like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> when you really think about that, it's just mind-blowing that we would expect that of ourselves and of each other, rather than finding ways to get the help we need to connect with each other and support each other. And those those um I would say the the value of community or 
knowing the value of community, understanding the value of community, uh, that is not something that is as valued, (laughs) to use the word value many times, but as valued in American culture. So I've told this story before on the podcast, so bear with me if you've heard it. But I had a kind of come to Jesus moment when I was, I want to say seven, seven months, eight months pregnant, somewhere around there. And it was a Saturday night. It was 10 o'clock. I was emceeing an award ceremony. I want to say it was the next day. And I was sitting on the floor. Now, for anyone who's been pregnant or anyone who could imagine being pregnant, that is a really uncomfortable stage of pregnancy. So my belly was huge. You know, of course, I was really tired. I was having all those like third trimester just exhaustion and body is prepping to have a baby. And so it was 10 and I was sitting on the floor and I was um, I was putting little plaques on the awards for the next day because we didn't have anybody else to do it. So that was me. And I just remember sitting there and thinking, oh my God, why am I doing this? <laughs> like, what got me into this situation where, by the way, it was it was like a Friday or a Saturday. It was a weekend day. Why? Why am I doing this? This is not what I want to be doing with my life. I was so tired. I wanted to go to sleep. You know, when you're pregnant, you just want to sleep all the time. I was taking daily naps, I think, at the time. So I was so tired. And I was like, yeah, this is not going to work for me anymore. Now, I would love to say I turned it around that day and I never, you know, hustled like that again. But, you know, reality is, of course, it took time. It took me time to to shift and adjust because that was nine years ago, at least, because my daughter is nine. And um, it took me several years. I did make changes after that, but really being able to get help and all of that, shifting my mindset, taking weekends off, that was a big deal for me. Shutting down my office when I was done with work, not checking my email at night, all that stuff. It was a journey for me. It took me time because again, I'm American and I value hustle and I value getting back to people quickly. And um, what I learned is that that actually didn't make me better at my work. It just made me tired. So today, as I'm recording this again, it's Independence Day, the 4th of July, and I'm thinking about what that means, Um, not in a nationalistic sense, um, because there's a lot going on in the U.S. right now that's hard, but more in a personal sense. And like, what does independence actually mean? To me, it means choice and freedom. It means space. So that choice and freedom leads to the ability to make decisions in your life to give you more life. And getting there paradoxically means not being completely independent, not being an island. Um, and, And when I think about independent in that sense, I mean doing everything on your own. It actually means leaning on others. So I want to talk a little bit about three kind of core stages of business and the different things that I did to start leaning on people. And I needed this more as I started having children, you know, as I had my first baby. But I wish that I had done more of this earlier on, uh, just recognizing that I deserve to rest. So I'll say that the help that we get today 
that I'll talk about a little bit later is not meant uh, to give me time to do more stuff, to get more stuff done. It's well, it is in a sense, I guess it's letting me focus on the things that I'm best at that I'm that are in my zone of genius. But actually, a lot of the especially like domestic help that we that we hire is meant to give me rest and time with my family. And that is an important mindset shift that I didn't have for a very long time. And I will say that moving abroad really changed that for me. And I was fortunate because we lived in um, two developing countries before we moved back to the U.S. And um, while there are a lot, there's so many things about um, the countries that we lived in that were uh, that were hard. Um, I think one thing that I learned was that it's okay to get help with things and and to have more community and support. And so, I had a little bit of a different mindset already, even though that that autonomy, like that fierce autonomy, held on tight. That early on in my business, like the second we could kind of afford it, we got some help around the house. So we hired a housekeeper just two times a month. And I have to laugh when I think about this because getting housekeeping in America and getting housekeeping in any other country in the world, I think, <laughs> is so different because, you know, my the housekeeper that we hired, she didn't you know, she wouldn't do the dishes. She wouldn't change the sheets. She was lovely. And I really enjoyed her and she was great. Um, and we got along great, but you know, it was like, I would tidy my whole house before she came and it was just a deep clean. So it wasn't like regular maintenance that would have helped me kind of stay on top of everything. So that, but that was okay at the time because what it meant was that like, realistically, should you clean your bathroom every week? Yeah, you should. Did I? No, I didn't. I was a young mom. I was busy and like frankly did not care that much. <laughs> so having somebody come in and clean the bathrooms, I mean we would like wipe the counters down and obviously if it needed it we would, but really like realistically we were not doing much cleaning other than like sweeping and vacuuming like vacuuming probably once a week which we had carpet. I I'm not a carpet fan. Like thinking back to that, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have tile here in uh, Portugal and um, yeah, carpet, like it's so hard to keep it clean. You have to get it washed anyway. Um, so we had a two times, two times a month housekeeper. I got help from my parents. So I leaned on my parents where we could, especially with childcare. And then this is a really important one. And I hope especially for y'all uh, women that are listening to this, that you'll hear this. We made a decision for my husband to stay home with our child. And at the time, you know, it was kind of a no brainer for us. But I will say that our broader community was like, what? <laughs> You're doing what? I, I mean, realistically, I, I will say like, for us, it was a purely economic decision. Well, not purely. I will say when we were dating, because my husband and I dated for three and a half years before we got married, 
he would constantly talk about wanting to be a stay-at-home dad. So it wasn't like this was like some forced thing that we had to do. It was actually something that he talked about a lot. And it was kind of a running joke, even with our friends, that, you know, Doug was going to stay home. And I always had this vision of a household where you split everything 50-50, including work, including household chores, and everything. And it turned out that that actually just didn't make sense for us. And so he got his dream of staying home. And, you know, on the other side, I actually got my dream of being able to focus on my business. And this was a decision that we made for ourselves outside of any outside input, even actually against outside input that, you know, people didn't really understand this decision. I think it's kind of ridiculous, to be honest, like, why do we get judgment, you know, when a man stays home versus a woman stays home? But, you know, this is like hundreds of years of doing things a certain way. And so I can kind of understand that when people look look at our life and it looks different than some kind of script they've had. And even for me, again, growing up in a Christian community in um, America, this was different. But for us, it has worked so beautifully. It's truly, I, I have to say, maybe the best decision we've ever made as a family, having him home. Also, he cooks and I don't. And he's, um, you know, he does all of our grocery shopping and all that stuff. He takes care of the kiddos. And, you know, it took us some time to get a good rhythm with that. But it's worked really well for us. So those were, I'd say the three core things we did. So we had family help by parents. We had two times a month housekeeper, and then my husband started staying home. And I'll add that we really couldn't afford that at the time. Um, But when we looked at his income compared to my potential, we said, you know, if, if, if Stacy can go all in, if I can go all in, then we can achieve, you know, a lot. We can have like our biggest dreams, but if we are splitting everything and it's and we're exhausted because what we found is we're so tired at the end of every night and it was like you know basically until we fell into bed we were washing clothes and cleaning up dinner and like all the things um making dinner and cleaning up dinner and it was just too much for us so we decided that we didn't want that and that we were going to lean into my business and he was going to lean in to the family. And of course, I lean into the family too. But for us, this was just the right decision. So that was early, early on in the business. So as the business grew, I started hiring a little bit more help. Um, I'll say also, I've had an accountant my whole life. I've never filed taxes without an accountant. So I did have that help too, but not bookkeeping early on. So as I grew, uh, as I mentioned, I added an assistant. Um, This was a virtual assistant, very part-time. She was based out of California, and I think we only had like five hours a week. Um, We also eventually, this is over, you know, a period of a a couple years, we added cleaning once a week, um, and we just started hiring help for things that we needed help with. So when we moved abroad, we hired movers. 
because we put some things in storage thinking we were only going to be gone, you know, a year or two years. And, and so we got help with that, um, getting that all that stuff moved. Um, we hired help in our destination, our first destination in Thailand, an assistant locally to help us do research and put together some spreadsheets and find connections for things. And so I started to kind of tiptoe into getting more help. And I will say that that first assistant, she was amazing. She had an incredible background, but I didn't know how to leverage her. And I think I was so afraid, like number one, it was expensive for me. I'd never hired somebody like that before. I'd hired like bits and pieces here and there for projects that I was working on. Like I had started hiring proofreaders for the books that I was working on, um, and things like that, but I never hired an assistant. And so I didn't leverage her very well. And, and in my mind, I started going through this like mental math of like, oh man, I'm paying her so much because she was well paid, um, for the, the role that she was doing. Um, and eventually I didn't keep her for that reason. And that was a mistake. I should have educated myself. I should have done some learning, some courses or read articles on like how to delegate. I should have educated myself on delegation, on leadership. I didn't do that. And so um, I went without an assistant for a while and before I hired another one. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So that was kind of experimenting with adding more help. And again, it was, you know, as I could afford it. So um, early on, we were so poor, like, you know, we had enough ish, but also we had a number of big medical issues in our family that were so expensive. And, um, for those of you who aren't American and don't know a lot about the, uh, U.S. medical system, although you've probably heard about it on the news, it's terrible. And we had, um, you know, private health insurance, but it was through my business, which meant it was garbage and we had a huge deductible. And so, you know, early on, we just didn't have a lot of funds, especially with my husband newly staying home, all that. But as my business grew, I started to have more money and I could hire more help. And and that, um, although that first assistant, I didn't manage that well. Uh, I learned that at least having the resource was really, really helpful. And for me, what I needed the most help with was managing my calendar. I started traveling, so I needed some help with organizing travel. That was a lot of work for me and just like so tasky that it took me off of the other things that I really needed to get done. Um, and then there were, you know, some other little things here and there, projects that I needed done. And just having somebody that could take that, even though I didn't leverage it well, and even though I didn't continue with her, even though she was great, um, I got a little taste of it. <laughs> and so I think I went about a year without an assistant. And then I, I hired um, I hired another person to help me, which uh, I'll talk about here shortly. So again, I think there was growth in the business um, and getting business support. I started hiring more little little subcontracting jobs. And then also that getting housekeeping to once a week. And then we also added once a month um, gardening, landscaping. And that was really helpful as well. Now, to clarify, this is all happening over years. I told you I've been in business for 13 years. So it's not like one day I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do all this. It was it was slow. And so <laughs> I hope as you're listening, especially if you have more resources than I did at the time, 
maybe this is giving you some ideas of things that you could prioritize getting help with in your own business. So let's talk about today now. Today, I am very fortunate to have an amazing team. And this is huge for me. This is a a new place. It's been building over time. Um, I mentioned that the first assistant that I worked with didn't work out. Later, I hired another assistant who was amazing and really helped with Um, We started working together before we moved to Thailand, and now she is our operations coordinator. This is Catherine Fishman that works with me. And that has been such a wonderful progression and also getting her into a role where she is in her zone of genius and and using her amazing organizational skills. We've also added um, an executive assistant and a personal assistant. That is a big Deal, I would say for a lot of entrepreneurs, like getting the personal support and having, I think also the permission to get that personal support. I, if I had it to do over again, I would, you know, way back when I would have hired a personal assistant before I hired help in my business. Because the thing is when you're an entrepreneur, um, even if you're a solopreneur and you're never really planning to grow a big team or even a small team, that life help is huge. You're, there is no real delineation between life and work when you run a business. And so that is definitely something that I would have, I would have done differently. If I, if I could go back, I would have hired a personal assistant as my first hire. That would have, I think, been a huge, huge burden lifter and it would have helped me grow faster. So that is a important insight that I hope anyone listening who hasn't hired help is hearing. Now, a personal assistant, you don't need them 40 hours a week. You can find somebody for five to 10 hours a week. And um, that would be somebody who can run errands or, you know, this last week, um, Rita on my team, who is amazing, she went and helped gather gifts for teachers for end of the year. I mean, things like that, that I just had a crazy week. I didn't have time to do that. And I didn't need to because I knew what I wanted. She actually is more knowledgeable about what shops to go to. And it just all worked out wonderfully. We put together some great gifts that um, the teachers loved. So that personal assistant role, again, I really encourage you if you're early stages in business or even if you're not and you haven't hired a personal assistant, highly, highly recommend it. So aside from my team, I also have a lot of different subcontractors that I hire on a project by project basis or that I have on a regular basis. I work with them like my bookkeeper. That's a big difference between early stage and today and even mid stage. Um, I finally hired a bookkeeper one year after I had a marathon receipt sorting session with Uh, a subcontractor that I had never met, but I needed the help. And she was recommended by somebody I know. Um, We ate Jimmy John's in the the conference room for you non-Americans. That's a sandwich place. Um, And uh, just, I mean, literally like 
over eight hours of sorting receipts and cataloging and, you know, like putting them in spreadsheets. Nightmare. And I, and that year I was like, I will never do this again. And I hired a bookkeeper. So again, wish I had done that much earlier. I also ran into some tax issues early on in my business where I hadn't saved enough and that put us in financial, you know, um, strain. And so having a bookkeeper since I hired a bookkeeper, I've never had that happen (laughs) again. So Highly recommend that will just get you on solid financial footing. Um, I, I would say that's not all you have to do, but it helps, especially as a business owner to have somebody that's like helping make sure that you are paying yourself the right amount and that you're saving and, you know, they're tracking things for you. I put myself on salary, so that made a big difference, too, um, because I withhold taxes every paycheck. Um, I also hire, you know, designers as needed. Um, I have an amazing video audio guy, Daniel, that um, works on stuff for us too. And so all that stuff basically allows me to create. That is, that's been the goal all along. So I get to record this episode for you and then I get to send it out and it gets taken care of. I write the email that goes out. That's always me writing those emails that go out every week. Um, But the other production elements I don't have to do. I get to just create and really be in my zone of genius, which is creating, creating things like this for you. The other thing that I'll add that we have, um, change in our domestic support is we now have two times per week cleaning and that includes laundry. So um, we don't have somebody wash our laundry, but we have her fold and put it away. Um, She does wash the sheets when she's here, but other than that, uh, we wash it. And she is amazing. She tidies. I'd never clean up anything. Well, I mean, I guess if it's like a total wreck, maybe I'll tidy a little bit. But even some days, like my house is the hottest hot mess you've ever seen, ever. (laughs) And I look around and I'm like, oh, it's a cleaning day. And I just go to work. And that is so nice. You know, she'll unload the dishwasher. She straightens the counters that always just somehow get crazy and, um, you know, sweeps and mops, vacuums and mops the floor twice a week. So it's always clean and even tidies up the backyard. And all of that is, it just, for me, I'm very impacted by my, uh, space. And if it's untidy, I feel really anxious. So, um, I recognize I probably have some inner work to do there, but uh, if I can also get support with that, that is huge. I will say it also really helps my husband's and my marriage because if we were trying to do all the things, you know, that she does, we would add eight hours a week and um, neither of us really have energy for that. And we would have no time with the kids. We would end up doing cleaning all weekend. And so we hire that to have time together. And that is so important. Um, We also recently changed. So we were getting gardening once a month. We have a zero escaped um, backyard. So it's not like and front yard. So we don't need, you know, the lawn mode or anything like that, but we get weeds and overgrow, you know, things get overgrown. So I recently updated that, that to two times a month because I was feeling stressed out about like by the time gardening would come around, my yard looked terrible. And so again, I'm really impacted by the 
the cleanliness, including outdoors. So that has, that's a new thing that we just changed. And then the other thing I'll say that is really important and, um, kind of unrelated to like hiring support and we don't have family here. So, um, when we have emergencies, we'll lean on friends, but it's not like the casual support that you have from a mom or dad or sister or brother or something like that. But the other thing that I have really leaned on is my mastermind groups. So I'm in a, a mastermind group group that's self-organized with some absolutely incredible women. And then I'm also in entrepreneurs organization, um, their accelerator program. And so I'm in an accountability group there. We meet once a month, we have quarterly trainings. So I'm actually going to um, be traveling for that this year as well. I've been doing that the past year. And it's just incredible um, having that community and support in both of those. I also have a dear, dear friend, one of my very best friends who is an entrepreneur like me. She's very just similar minded and we support each other with work and life and all the things, everything in between. And that community and connection. Now, let me be clear. None of these people live where I live. Um, my entrepreneur group is in London. And so, you know, I don't have them here to have coffee with. My dear friend is in California. I don't have her here to have coffee with. Um, and my mastermind, they're all over the U.S. And that dear friend I mentioned is in that. So these are all organized on Zoom. But we share and we... Um, you know, empathize and we help guide each other and um, support each other. And that is so important. That level of help, I never had that early on in my business. I was alone. And so having that community and accountability and um, just like, I don't know, just having people has made a really, really big difference for me. I'm sure I left some things out because, um, you know, when I really think about all the help that we get, it is a lot. Um, you know, I didn't even talk about my executive assistant in the last, you know, talking about today. Um, you know, she helps with calendar and dealing with bureaucracy here in Portugal. And like, that is incredible. Her support is amazing. Um, have an amazing editor on the team that helps make sure that everything is clean that goes out into the world and um, really shows up and supports on other projects as they come up writing projects. She's very talented. Have a writer on the team who does ghostwriting and she also, like, if we have something come up and one person can't do it, she'll often jump in. So there's a lot of really amazing people that I get the honor of working with. And then also in our life, I'm sure that I've left some things out there. But I think what I hope that you take from this is that if you're really serious about accomplishing your dream, whether that is building a business or it's writing a book or it's some other big goal that you have, just keep in mind that you're going to need help. And that help can be paid or it can be unpaid. Depending on your financial situation, you might not be able to afford all the help that I just talked about that we have. And I get you because I was there, but you just lean on who you have and add those that paid support as you can. That is, for me, that was such a big area of growth. And, um, you know, again, if I could go back, 
I would really focus on the life stuff first, which I'm really glad we started with cleaning. That made a big difference. And then personal assisting. Uh, again, that has been a huge game changer and I would, I would definitely start there. If you're American, then I hope that you will um, also just reflect on that, those cultural values of depletion and autonomy. Um, autonomy sounds like a really great word. And I think, you know, to be autonomous, if you give it a definition of like self-sufficient, I can understand why that would be um, something that you aspire to. But the truth is that in context of American culture, it doesn't mean that. It means that you, well, it does, but it means to the detriment of your happiness. And personally, I don't think that that is something worth striving for. So your dreams are achievable, you're capable, but really you cannot do it alone. Again, whether that's paid or unpaid support. I I know you're listening to this after Independence Day, but happy Independence Day. Um, I'm going to do a little bit more work today and then I'm going to go to the beach uh, because, again, I know it's only a half day, but I value that space and time with my family and I'm really grateful that over the past 13 years I've made the progress I've made to value rest and space and joy and fun. And wherever you are in your mindset journey, I hope that you are beginning to develop or further developing that appreciation for rest. Thank you for joining me this week. I will be back again soon. It's always such an honor for me that you spend this time with me. And I really hope you took something meaningful from this episode. And I will look forward to connecting with you again very soon. This podcast is produced by me, Stacey Ennis. Special thanks to Daniel Alexander for sound editing and Katherine Fishman for project support. These two make the show possible and I'm grateful. You can always access show notes, including any links mentioned in this episode at stacyennis.com slash podcast. And you can connect with me at stacyennis.com, on Instagram at Stacy Ennis, or on Facebook at Stacy Ennis Creative. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Here's to building lives that are beyond better. <laughs>